Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks! With the contract signed between the Watchful Order and the Blue Dragon Thontorvrak, the job of the Heralds of Greenists is almost complete. All they have to do is deliver the instrument to Balana Zadok and then wait a few weeks for the orchestra to be assembled so the performance that includes all of these legendary instruments can be given. But instead of taking a vacation during that time, Jonathan's friend and mentor at the Watchful Order wants to hire the group for a job. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. I have iced tea for two reasons. One, it's hot. Two, it's hot. Three, did I say two reasons? I meant three. Three, right after this, Luke and I are getting into the car and going to see friends of the show, Chris and Mary, and we are going to watch Black Widow. I almost said Black Panther, but... I mean, maybe after. Double I, yeah, we could. Yeah, that, I, I kind of want to see Black Panther again. But yes, we're going to watch Black Widow on the Disney Pluses uh, in the safety of their house. So I will be partaking in the driving and not the alcohol. But that is okay because I get to partake in hugs and it is wonderful. Will you lick Mary on the face? Is that allowed in your current <laughs> pro- COVID protocols? Sure, I don't know. COVID either. It was for us. You know what? I'll have to ask for permission. I tell you what I do. I will give Mary a hug from all of you to to her. Speaking of people, I wish I could hug. Jack, what are you drinking? Or I'm sorry, Travancore. What are you drinking? Also, Jack, I kind of wish I could hug you too. (laughs) Good people of favorite. Travancore's choice this evening is once again the Open Gate Guinness Brewery's Baltimore Blonde from Baltimore. Not only is it a live tasting, it's a live opening. It's waiting for Ooh. just this moment. I had this a couple of weeks ago. Let's see how it is this time around. So it's a secondary live tasting. Mm. So it's been out long enough that it's no longer an ice cold beer, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You don't have to have a beer at super cold temperatures. Uh, if it's cool, that's that's enough. And it's got some body to it. It's not your usual s- summer kind of ale. But it's light enough that it's not, like, oppressive in July, which which I appreciate. I don't want to be oppressed in July or any no. other time of the year, for that matter. Don't oppress me. No, do and not oppress me. And give me that diamond back. That's another story for another time. I, I was going to I talk about- I love you, a- and I know exactly what diamond you're talking about. I, I was she knows. Talk- you know what? Bernie, the Jules, <laughs> the person I want to hug, Bernie, the character she's She's a playing. very nice lady. She just has my diamond. What are you drinking? Okay, I bought this thinking of you guys. We did our, our like, once every two month trip to the, the LCBO a little while back. And I got lots of summery things. And I uh, saw that they had little canned Moscow mules. And I Ooh. just, like, was like, ooh, I know some people who would like a Moscow mule. And so this is Cabana Coast Moscow Mule. It says surf chilled. I did. I'm trying to figure out actually if this is a Canadian brand. It was just in the LCBO. It doesn't have information about where it was bottled. It tells me made in Canada, Fabrique au Canada, um, by Iconic Brewing in Toronto. Everything is brewed in Toronto. By Iconic Brewing, though, so it's iconically brewed in Toronto, which is better than ironically brewed in Toronto. 
I mean, I'm sure that you can ironically brew things. And of course, I'm having it in my groom's person mug because my drinks stay colder in that mug. Do they really? I think they do. I think they take longer to get warm because it's like the metal and it's got the like insulation. Hmm. At least that's my experience. Mmm. That was just a little drops at the end of the can. Let's taste it for real. Also, that's I a- need to remember that this has vodka. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Be careful. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. That's pretty good. I mean, like, mm. I feel like most, I definitely think a restaurant Moscow mule is probably going to be a little better, but it has a really, it's not, it's a little, it's a little sugary. It's not as gingery. It's a little sugary. It looks like it's like the ginger aftertaste. But you know what? It's good. I think they did a good job. This is my first foray into like a canned mixed drink. So I'll, I I would give it a, a, a seven, seven out of 10. I like That's it. We've good. got. This is 6. that might be our 5? first rating. I'm in, I'm impressed. Someone else I want to hug. John playing Carlton. What are you drinking? It's me, John. I play Carlton, your half orc barbarian. And today I have uh, Gail's root beer from friend of the show Jason. A couple weeks back, uh, got me a bunch of random sodas for my birthday. So this is the next one in that list. Uh, it's been a few minutes before since we played, so uh, I'm enjoying them slowly. Uh, and I would give it a. <laughs> oh, you started for- a trend. It's got a really nice mouthfeel with notes of uh, root, root and beer. <laughs> with root uh, and I would beer. say it's a good 8 out of 10, maybe 9 out of 10. Ooh, Can very I ask nice. you a question? Can I, I, so is there anybody here that dislikes root beer? Well, I like it. It's just too sugar for me, for me now. Can't have it no more. I'm a fan, especially of Henry Weinhardt's, like really um, smooth, very low effervescent beers, root beers. You know what I used to love? Pennsylvania birch beer. It's red. And I also mean. like that the it's cane sugar and not high fructose corn syrup. Oh, uh, that so it's a Rilla sarsaparilla. Uh, there's cinnamon, ginger, vanilla extract, and then a bunch of chemicals. <laughs> and chemicals. a bunch of chemicals, which we'll just kind of gloss over. That keeps it shelf stable. I asked because apparently a lot of like non-Americans, or non-North Americans at least, find root beer to be really medicine tasting. Like apparently it's a very... I've heard that, yeah. And sometimes even, like, specific to parts of the United States, though not as much anymore. Like, someone was telling me that, like, a lot of the, like, the one of the things that people consider, like, gross things Americans do, but I actually assume it's probably gross things, like, Canadians, Americans, Mexicans do, <laughs> um, is drink root beer. <laughs> and they think it's, like, tastes like medicine. But I, I just, like, I really like root beer. Like, uh, just... This is actually called cinnamon ginger vanilla flavored. Star Trek fans, keep me honest. Wasn't root beer the, the drink that Quark used to compare the Federation to? to with it Garrick? was. Okay. It definitely was. It was. It's vile, said Garrick. <laughs> Just like the Federation. <laughs> but it grows on you. Like the Federation. You know who doesn't just grow on me, but is someone else I want to hug? Jonathan, who's playing Jonathan. What are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Muscular, And tonight, uh, I have some Prosecco. Uh, that hey. I will be drinking out of this uh, officiant mug. So let's give this a good pop here. I have already pre... Ooh. Ooh, Whoa. That Ooh that's a great sound. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was that 10 out of 10 for that sound. Yes, I give <laughs> yeah. that a 10 out of 10 since we're rating so drinks now. I had meant to assemble <laughs> a whole cocktail uh, in honor of one of the new players for uh, Exandria Unlimited, Amy Carrero, who you might know as the voice of She-Ra and other other things in television. Uh, she's wonderful, and she is uh, she's playing a character who's a mess, who's an absolute mess, and she is 
awesome to watch these last couple of weeks. And uh, she had had the uh, uh, the Critical Role Instagram for a day. So we watched her go get coffee and she made a cocktail with a champagne floater. And I had planned to get this cocktail together, but I've been on vacation for the last five days and I ain't wanted to do nothing. So uh, I just uh, I just got this. And uh, that's what I'm going to be enjoying. I'm also going to be enjoying this shot of Fireball uh, to be consumed to the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof. And this week it's dedicated to John Adi. Thank you so much, John, for uh, your support and your continued patronage. Uh, thanks again. And this shot is for you. Thanks, John. I Thank also uh, watched Black Widow today on the uh, on the D the D pluses. It was fun. Good. Definitely fun. Good. It's a good movie. Locally, and I I did it so I could like watch spoiler videos and all sorts of other stuff to sort of inoculate myself to spoilers. Uh, One of my local friends is going to rent out a theater either this weekend or next weekend. And so it was only like 150 bucks. That's actually not bad. It's actually not bad. He he figures if we can get 20 of our friends and family in there, it'll be absolutely worth it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, 150 bucks for a whole theater. If I want to take my family of four to the movies before even factoring in snacks, it's going to cost me at least 50 bucks these days. Mm-hmm. Wow. Maybe you should just rent the theater out. It seems like it's... <laughs> I mean, I did. You know what also is cool? The Watchful Order of Magis and Protectors. Are they, though? Yeah. Yeah. They're super cool. I mean, Aras Zik is like awesome bernie just doesn't like one of them she likes or she likes all the others i mean razzo is pretty cool i guess razzo is wonderful so the good news is Ras has told you that he wants to talk to you about a gig the bad news is uh you need to go talk to balana zadok first before that happens to finish out is, is, is this the vegetables before the dessert sort yes of deal? this is veg before this is you gotta is, eat is this is this let's get mcdonald's no, we have we have McDonald's at home, and McDonald's at home is broccoli. This is one black coffee. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to hear this disparaging of vegetables. There's actually this really cool, I think it's called Veg, V-E-D-J-G-E, restaurant in Philadelphia that like, basically elevates vegetables to this amazing level. They make stuff that like is indistinguishable from meat, but like you wouldn't know you were eating like something that had zero amount of like animal product in it. And Listen, hmm. I was at a cookout, and I actually served myself a salad. I am, oh, yeah. I am evolving. Are you Jonathan team vegetable muscular has not. Oh, well, fair. And other thing, one of the best vegetables I had were, were at Max Wine, Wine Dive, these amazing um, Brussels sprouts. Those were assisted with animal yes. products. Yes. Ooh, yes. I yeah, remember I've had them. those. They are really, really Friend good. Friend of the show, Jason, a.k.a. DU Stars fan. He is not a chef, but he is pretty close to it. Hmm. And uh, he made me Brussels sprouts one time with, that were basically just... Vessels for butter and bacon, hmm. but they were amazing. He also, I think that was the same trip where he made, or I was introduced to uh, red velvet bacon cupcakes. Nothing wrong with being a vessel. Ask Rick Moranis. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> no, these were these were dangerous. Very weird direction. So you have this weird vegetable discussion as Aras has asked, "Hey, once you're done with." the instrument come back and we'll chat so we say this in front of her ass that blonde is that is a broccoli <laughs> and you know what and that's why jonathan is gonna roll uh an insight check and i'll give you advantage because you are a friend Ooh, all right well let me finish bringing up my character on the D beyonds D beyond under dark mode 
Hell oh, yeah. I clicked on that too. I, oh yeah, haven't you? Hell yeah. yeah. I yeah, tried it, but it borked mine. So, ten, oh, so no. be careful. Because otherwise, when I have D&D Beyond up and I'm like trying to stream, it just shines the light on my face. Yep. Mm. Now, dark mode, I'm lit the way I want to well, be lit. with advantage, I rolled two 19s on the squishy sanguine die. So that, that totals out to 21. Okay. With a 21, basically what you see, the way that Aras fluffs his feathers a little bit as you're having this discussion, cocks his head and kind of almost rolls his eyes a little bit, but not really. And you read kind of a... It's a little bit of... This is why I wanted you to go talk to her first. If I talked to you first, you'd just be thinking about going to talk to Balana Zadok after me. So go get business done so that I have your full attention. You're kind of getting that off of him that like, yeah, he understands that none of you like her. Get this out of the way so that I can get on with the the important business we got to do. But uh, what he says out loud as Jonathan kind of studies him is... Are you all hungry? Is this why there's so much food being mentioned? I can have... It's not time for dinner yet, but I could have some some food delivered if we want to talk after you're done with Balana. Are we hungry? No, just nervous. Mostly nervous. You don't think about food when you're not hungry? I love food. Uh, Food is good, but... uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular, when when he can, yes, Jonathan the Magimuscular is not in a society where he can go to his fridge and stress eat as Jonathan, the actual player, can. It's a bad habit he needs to stop. Mm, <laughs> I know that habit. Yeah. Mm. So, but Jonathan the Madge Muscular, when 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 presented the opportunities, uh, will definitely he is one hundred percent a stress eater. So Trappencore pipes in and says, Not now, but food later. Yes? I'm pretty proficient at food now. <laughs> I like to think so. We do too. He's very good. I'm glad to hear that you've taken up this hobby. But as it's much as I would, like, I, I would like to sample your culinary delights, I think if I'm asking you to take part in a job that I have, then it's only right that I have at least something for you to eat that you don't have to prepare yourself. So go take care of this all Find some snacks. How about... Thank you, Thank you Master Zick. Cheese crackers and apple juice. He thinks about that for a second and nods and then heads off into his office. And uh, Jonathan, you know where Bolana Zadok's office is, although I don't know if any of you have actually been there. Or actually, no, Jonathan has been there once, but we kind of skipped over it because you and Quat went there to basically give a a report about what had happened while you were in the plane of water. So you know where her office is. Would you like to just head right there or would you like to do something else? This is D&D. No, let's, uh... So is he gonna... uh, As we're walking, are are we getting paid in snacks? Is that what it sounded like? No, no. we're we're getting paid and paid. Good, good. We're getting getting paid in in, in cheddar. Yeah, well, actually... No. Hold on! <laughs> Hold on! No, no! I, actual, actual wealth. Coin, and, coin and gem. Coin, coin, coin and gem. Sure. Trevancore remembers a word his father told him a few times and says, "Pecunia." I actually don't know if that's an actual thing. I've heard my dad call money when I once or twice. I love your dad. 
It's a thing I don't now. know what that is, but now I got, I'm going to look that up later. Your father is a wonderful man, so it is now a thing. <laughs> I mean, th- this is an objective fact, the wonderfulness of Travancore's, or, sorry, of Jack's father. I mean, he has, Travancore's, his, he yeah. has his moments. The four of you, plus your various and sundry animal, animal companions, wind your way through the Watchful Order, the Amethyst Acropolis. It's a lot of circles. Uh, you end up having to go up a couple of floors, but it doesn't take very long. And eventually you get to uh, Balana Zadok's door, which is open, which Jonathan, you know, is not the standard for her. Uh, she usually has it closed. But you also know that she was expecting you to go take care of getting the contract signed, come back, and then hand off the instrument. So this isn't too out of character, considering she's essentially waiting late for you. And as you approach the door, you can all see she doesn't have a huge office. None of the offices here are very large. It is a very large tower, but it houses a lot of people. And so the offices are fairly closed off. It is one of the interior offices, so it doesn't have any windows to the outside. It's all in hardwoods and dark woods. And there is almost a it's not that it's dark in the room. It's very well lit. But because of all of the the furnishings and the wood on the walls and some of the drapes that have been hung, it has a very rich feel, but it also has kind of a, a sound dampening feel. Uh, like you walk in and it, it gets a little harder to even hear your footsteps. Uh, the, even the floor, the stone on the floor has been covered with a a very nice rug. And as you walk on in, g- giving the door a little bit of a knock, Balana is seated at a rather small but very fancy desk in the far corner. And she's got a stack of paperwork in front of her and looks up at your entrance and says, Ah, yes, you're back actually sooner than I expected. Good, good, good. Do you have the instrument? Do we? Did we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, right? we have it. She looks at, Bernie looks at Jonathan like, this is your boss, like. Uh, and Jonathan looks back at Bernie and is like, yep, we got it. Okay, if everything is signed and taken care of, uh, unless there's anything else I need to know about, may I have it, please? Who ha- I have it, right? You have, you have it. it. Yeah, I Bernie do have it. it. Bernie's gonna, I, whatever, it was, I don't know how I'm carrying this thing. It's gotta be as big as her, right? So fortunately, because it, it's not a, like, it's an, a harp, but it's one of those like little harps. So for you, it is a, a fairly bulky instrument, but the case that it's in is something that you've been able to like carry around in your pack, or I've assumed you've kind of had it like strapped to the side of Coco Snoot. Like, I, I, I haven't been too picky about how you've been carrying this harp, because I know in the end, you could just stick it in the bag of holding, it'll be fine, so. Okay, cool. Bernie um, hands her over case. She goes, it plays beautifully, by the way. That's good to know. These instruments are supposed to be literally legendary. She takes the case opens it, takes one look at the instrument, nods, and closes the case again, uh, seemingly satisfied, clasps it closed, and then stands up with it and moves on over to a side of the room that has a very ornate dresser on it and waves her hand in front of the door. And Jonathan, you recognize that there's an arcane lock on this cabinet. And she releases it, opens the door, and inside you now see several cases of instruments. 
one of which is familiar to you. A specific a specific one that Bernie also got a chance to pluck. She places Bernie the reaches harp- a hand out longingly. Kind of not like not like out. She's kind of oh. Yeah. Jonathan the Magic Muscular gently just on her wrist with two fingers just lowers the hand. I'm gonna do a roll real quick to see whether Okay. Bolana places the harp inside, case and all, into the cabinet, closes the doors, waves her hand and mutters a few words, and the arcane lock flares to life again. And she turns and regards all of you and says, was there anything else I needed to know? Uh, Jonathan the Muscular doesn't think so. Okay. Whoever is going who's been liaising with Vontorvrak is going to continue liaising with Vontorvrak. He prefers direct communication, which is good. Okay, we will do whatever we need to do to appease this dragon uh, when the time comes for the actual performance. But if there is nothing else, now that I have all the instruments, as I said, it is time to move forward with finally getting this performance underway. And I have a lot of work that I need to do. And she she stops herself short from the very obvious giving you a dismissal. But you can tell that she's right on the edge of like, like all of your passives pick up that she's trying to be polite in this moment and not dismiss you. She's giving you all that indication. Thank you. Thank you, Master uh, Zadok. Uh, and let us know if we can, if there's anything else that I or we can do. Thank you. Thank you. Bernie's going to pause before she turns out of the room and she's going to say, normal people just say goodbye. And then she's going to walk away. She starts to say, well, this is my office. But by that point, you're already leaving. And unless anybody else does anything else, you're walking out. Yep. Yeah. Wait, hold uh, on. Jonathan's got a bardic instrument. Who's, who's last out of the office? Uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular was definitely the first out of the office. Probably Bernie, actually. Bernie is saying to yeah. be sassy. All right, so Bernie's last out of the office. You know the term about the door not hitting you as on the way out? It comes close. It doesn't actually touch you, but like the instant you've crossed the threshold, and you didn't even know that she was behind you. Maybe it was a mage hand, you're not sure, but as soon as you have cleared the threshold, it doesn't slam, but you all hear click. And the door has closed. She's, I really like broccoli. So I take it back. She's a grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular loves grapefruits, though. Jonathan, the actual person, hates grapefruits. Uh, Carlton and John, oh person, do, are not grapefruit fans. It's horrible. They're so tart. Awful. I feel like this is a whole thing that I need to do as a uh, part of prep for whatever campaign I run with you all next is the sit next down with each. The is going to be against grapefruit. We're going to get, it's going to have a special power where it squirts us in the eye and we go blind. You learn a lot about a person by what foods they like and they don't like. And I feel like I should be very, uh, there should be a part of the whole process and where I'm like, so what, what foods does your character like? What foods don't they like? And what do they feel about grapefruit? But that's that's for a different day. But we've learned a lot today. Would you like to go see what foods Aras has come up with in the few minutes it's taken you to come up to take care of this instrument? Yes, sure. please. All right. Cheese crackers, peanut butter, apple juice. Good people of Faerun, Carlton Tanks here to let you know that Dungeon Drunks is now a level up dice affiliate. Does your ranger need stone dice to show off their connection to nature? Or how about a crystal set to show off your devotion to Queen Bay? 
Maybe a set of blue dice so everyone knows that your fireball burns hotter. Or what about a set of heavy metal so your barbarian can roll with force? Dungeon Drunks and Level Up Dice have you covered. You can now support Dungeon Drunks with your next dice purchase by following our affiliate link bit.ly slash dungeon drunks. That's bit.ly slash capital D dungeon capital D drunks. And happy rolling! We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into one single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and Faerun's lore. Every week there's something new happening, and the game is available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on August 15th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. D-A-R-K-R-O-L-E-M-O-R-A So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. So you come downstairs and find Aras in his office, uh, as is normal. It's one of the offices that it, it actually has windows to the outside. And as requested, he has found for you some nibbles. It looks like basically whatever he could have found from the commissary. Some fruits and veggies, a couple of cheeses. Uh, there's actually a sandwich that looks like it's wrapped in a napkin there. Jonathan, you do recognize some of this as things that you could go down to the Watchful Order cafeteria and pick up. But he's got them out on a tray on his desk and he has found a couple of other chairs and indicates as you come walking on in, thank you. This should hopefully not take too long, but I'll get you the details and I got you some snacks, I guess. So thank you. Jonathan the Magimuscular is always interested in snacks. And he takes I, a like, sa- I like snacks. He takes a sandwich and starts like Jonathan's Magimuscular's like arms are huge. Like they're they're like almost like the size of, of Shadow's arms. I mean they're they're large. And he's taken this tiny tea set like tea cucumber sandwich and it's just like daintily nibbling the end and just savoring it it looks ridiculous do you feed some to bucks do you just like grab a little bit and, and offer to your yeah, owl so he's eating one corner and he bucks pings him of what about me and so he takes the other <laughs> corner and holds it up to his shorter and, and bucks like <laughs> how about you traveling for is shadow asking you to not bogart that sandwich and are you obliging Oh, yeah, well, good good eye. I definitely went for the sandwich. Yeah, so Travancore is going to rip off a corner of it and uh, hand it to, uh, to Shadow. Okay, Shadow is going to eat it very quickly because it's a corner. And then Ayu, with that look of, that's it? <laughs> for now. <laughs> father, why? <laughs> <laughs> Less father, why? And more, ah, Travancore, come on. Oh, Travancore, come on. Anyway, you all sit and start to enjoy the sandwiches, and Aras says, So, one of the members of the Watchful Order has gone missing, and I have been instructed to go ahead and hire some people to find him. Are are you familiar with Ichabod Tea Strainer? And he looks specifically at Jonathan, but kind of at all of you. And Jonathan, go ahead and roll me a history check. History. That's so gross. Uh, 
for, for context, I'm still using the sanguine die. Oh, even geez. though I know, no, I should know better. Uh, it's a twenty-three. Okay. Uh, you recognize the name. You definitely have seen this halfling around. You haven't had any interactions with them, but on a lot of the paperwork that you've seen pulled up and um, just kind of here, there, and everywhere, maybe in the, the cafeteria, who knows? You that, that name rings a bell. And Aras continues and says, he's one of our most valued naturalists. He specializes in searching down rare and valuable ingredients uh, specifically for spell components and he's not a hugely accomplished mage himself but his eye for components is unmatched and he goes out on regular on a regular basis to go search for hard to find components or new ones to use in any new spells that are being used or replacements for certain things that we need that just can only be found out in the world. And he was recently, he recently went out to the town of Red Tower. And he was there for a couple of days, but he stopped returning my sendings. And the people who run the inn that he was staying at, I've contacted them, and they have not seen him in several days. And the, the dew on his room is late. And this worries me, because Ichabon is a pretty responsible person. And as he says, Red Tower, all of you can give me, uh, uh go ahead and give me history checks again. Because, you know, so that's something Carlton's great at. Not bad this time, Carlton. 17. 17. This time a mere 12 for Travancore. 24 for JMM. Bernie got a 17. Okay. So actually, all of you recognize Red Tower, especially being in the adventuring business, being mercenaries, godpawns, fate changers, whatever you want to call it. You're all familiar with Red Tower. It's the town that's close by the notorious Scarlet Citadel, which is this kind of dungeon complex that has become known uh, across Faerun in the same way the Yawning Portal has. It's a place that... Adventurers in general like to go test their metal, uh, go plundering some of its depths, go looking for its hidden treasures. There's actually some merit to it being a fairly dangerous place, but because of the popularity of it, it's the kind of place in where a lot of people scoff at, oh, you're going to Red Tower? Oh, you're going to go to Scarlet Citadel? Everybody's done that. You know, it's the it's the thing everybody does. It's the touristy thing a lot of people will scoff at. And who got over a 20? Jonathan Medjmoska. Uh Jonathan, you also know that the merit behind the Scarlet Citadel, what actually makes it interesting, there are a bunch of ley lines that all converge in this place. That's one of the reasons that so many interesting things were happening in this dungeon complex. And that's kind of one of the reasons it's also no so notorious. It's kind of hard to hide those powerful magical lines. And you've heard about, uh, especially from your time in Neverwinter, some of the professors there knowing people who have gone off to go try to chart some stuff or go look for things. And it was always kind of met with that eye roll of, oh, of course, you're going to go to Scarlet Citadel. But it, you also remember people coming back and talking about how it's legitimately dangerous. 
And as you're thinking, you're all thinking about this, Aras continues. So Ichabon is a valued member of the Watchful Order and not usually one that is sent out on missions of any danger. But with the loss of so many of the of those who would actually go out on these kind of missions, the loss of so many of those, I know he has been itching for a little more adventure. And I'm afraid that he might have been swayed to go pay a visit to the Scarlet Citadel. And the fact that he's not responding to my sendings is very worrying. And we would like to see his safe return, or at least find out what has happened to him. By swayed, do you mean abducted? I hope not. Okay. Second question. Does Mr. Igabod have any historical, um, oh, what's the word? It's not affinity for, in fact, the opposite. Antagonistic relationship with, um equine uh, riders that might be minus a few important heads. Aversion could work. <laughs> aversion. Aversion. <laughs> or perhaps they notably have an aversion for him and an affinity for covered bridges. Is there, is there someone in his past named uh, named uh, Mike Muscles that, uh, that maybe he, he crossed the wrong way? I, I can't say I know his family history. I do know that he does not like to ride horses, but I always thought that was just because we've never been able to find one or a pony that was his size because he is a halfling. But he does have an aversion to horses, if that's where you're headed. The, just as a as a side note, Jonathan talking here. The Brombones was the name of the, like, Gaston motherfucker in Sleepy oh. Hollow, right? It has been so long. It's well, been... I, and I couldn't remember if he was actually part of the real story or if, like, the Disney and Tim Burton are, like, are yeah. are messing with my head. I just know that there is, like, I, I grew up with the little Disney cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I didn't grow up with, like, the actual sleepy, like, I, I'm, not from, yeah. I'm not from the Northeast, so I don't know if people from the Northeast can tell us. I'm from the uh, Northeast. What if I paid attention? Jack, John, Lauren, help, help. We all look at each other. My my memory is all similarly limited to the uh, the Disney version where the dude looks like Arvid Engen from Head of the Class. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, trying to remember, I, it's been a while since I've read it. I actually did read it like back in high school, but I have no memory whatsoever. I just remember Casper Van Diem played Brom Bones in uh in the Tim Burton version, and then he got eviscerated. It's interesting casting. Yeah, he got real. <laughs> Wasn't he also some sort of Tarzan? Maybe. He may have been a Tarzan at some point. Maybe. Like the one, one of the live-action Tarzans? I think so. Maybe from like 10 years ago or so? Because there have been a couple. Oh, yeah. There's been Tarzans, and there's been Tarzans. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? There's I... been Tarzans of Penzance, too. But that's <laughs> yes, a very, very rare crossover. <laughs> Went straight to video. Yeah, uh, as it meant to be. Wait, like really? So no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just rhymes. Aras sits and listens to you all talk about childhood stories that your your uh, various and sundry friends and and parents would tell, or puppet shows that you would go see. As you go off on this this tangent, and eventually he stops chewing on his sandwich, which he has been chewing on quietly in order to give you some time, and then says, "Beside the horse thing, I really actually don't know, but." <laughs> I can. It's summary. 
patient as ever. He holds up a clawed hand and says, Jonathan, you may have seen him, but just, just to help with a visual. And he does a minor illusion and creates a tiny version of Ichabod Tea Strainer. Uh, what you see before you is a male halfling seems to be on the youngish side for a halfling, but Aras will actually tell you he's 95 years old. He's got brown curly short hair and brown eyes, darker skin, is wearing very practical clothing, uh, what looks like actually very practical traveling clothing. He's got what looks like a fairly expensive set of spectacles on the end of his nose and a big pack over one shoulder. And Naras holds it up and says, this was the last time I saw him a few weeks ago as he made this journey. And this is normally what he looks like. So you all have a visual. You mentioned about being abducted, and I'm not to make any assumptions about where or what has happened to him. So it is very possible he has fallen into something. But as I, I suspect, it is possible instead of going unwillingly that he has been willingly convinced to perhaps go on a expedition to the Scarlet Citadel. And while I hope that is not true... That is unfortunately what I suspect is. So you might need to be prepared to do a trip into that notorious dungeon. Ah, fun times. Where was he staying? Uh, he was staying at the main inn in town. It's called the Cage Tavern and Inn. I've been in contact with one of the two owners. It's a brother and sister team. Adriana and Ambrosi Gorski. I'm going to need a moment. I'm yeah. Hey, what was this? Could you repeat those names for for those yeah. of us who may have suffered a heat stroke today? <laughs> Could you repeat oh, no. those one more time. <laughs> I will also write it down for you. He says, and he writes out Adriana and Ambrosi Gorski, Ariadne. You know it's Ariadna? Adriana. <laughs> yeah. That's Ariadna. That might be Ariadna. You know what? I've already said Adriana several times, and so I'm sticking with it. Because <laughs> if it was Ariadne. Be a little oh, different gonna, spelling. Okay, so I wasn't going to get Ambrosi at all. I got Adriana. Okay, so now it's Adriana. Okay, sure. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my wrong one. Gors. Yeah. And that the, I mean that J yeah. in Gorski that that's a sneaky J. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll I don't like it. Nope, me neither. But you know what? We're tr I'm trying to do this uh, right by this adventure, and so I'm trying to do the names. I mean, if one of us were a rogue, we'd be a sneaky Jay. That would be super. Yeah, it's like That's if you're a dragon, you got the sneaky. Out. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. yeah. That would actually be great. We could just all go be rogues in the all next rogue season, party. and oh, no. it'll just be we'll change the name of a podcast to Sneaky Jays. Sneaky and Jays. Our listens will go down. No one will find us when they search for Dungeons and Dragons podcast. <laughs> we could yep. colon. We could so be sneaky. like oh, yeah. Dungeon Drunks. The Sneaky Jays. Sneaky Jays. The Sneaky Jays. We could all oh we can make it a triple pun. We can all play bird characters. I was just thinking. I was just thinking be, <laughs> be Aarakocra and be Kenku and be the Sneaky J-A-Y's. Oh my god. Or Alfolk now. Alfolk as well. Or Alfolk. Yeah. I'd be an Alfolk. And then Lauren would finally let me have a pet owlbear. Is this now a Patreon exclusive one shot? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Sneaky we still got to finish our other Patreon exclusive one shot. One one shot at a time. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. My dream for the Sneaky Jays is that they one day open for Local H. Sneaky Jays, Local H. I forgot how to drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We're going we're gonna to kill, we're gonna kill uh, John. 
<laughs> One day we'll dollar. go on this adventure. Listen, I have so mm-hmm. many, like, yeah. This is not my first shirt today. This is oh, like shirt no. number three. <laughs> Was shirt number two covered in baby poo? Not poo, yeah. uh, but lots of spit up. Oh, this is my, oh. uh, so this is actually the, the this year's critical role. Don't forget to love everyone. And it is cool. So you got that. And then you got. Ooh, Ooh that's, I like that. that's really neat. That's rad. Yeah, I it like is. I like thing. the minimalism. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty, it's very, very cool. Very, very cool. Okay. Back in the game. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm back in. So yeah, he hands over a little piece of paper that actually he's written some of that information on, including Ichabon's name and all of that. And then he says, I would like it if you could go as soon as possible, if you are available. The Watchful Order has, they've agreed to pay a total of 500 gold for each of you if you can find out information about his whereabouts, hopefully bring him back safely. And if there are any expenses that need to be taken care of, let us know after you are done. Um, are as you I going s- to settle his tabs? Because I'm going to tell you the hard truth is that we may be coming back with his body and your relationship with the uh, tavern is going to suffer if we walk in to let them know that uh, we're looking for him, but we're uh, not paying his expenses. I've contacted them to let them know that you are coming and they will continue to hold the room as is currently because it apparently still includes some of his stuff. Uh, So the watchful order will be paying for his tab as we want to continue to hold that room until we know for sure where he is. And while we're looking for him, are we allowed to use said room? It is a crime scene, Carlton. Exactly. So we'll need to be able to spend a lot of time in there to investigate. And maybe fall asleep there. I don't want to sleep in a crime scene, Carlton. We've slept in worse. But we yes, don't but have if we to. Don't, yeah, Carlton, I don't want to sleep somewhere that and you I like, know. And I sidebar, I'm like, it's just to put the nut down. Travacorius looks up and says, work-life balance. Also, I've just written down, I don't want to sleep in a crime scene. Aras <laughs> says, they will be expecting you and you will have access to the room. Um, whether you would like to actually stay there or not is completely up to you, but you will have access to the room for as long as you need. Tell us about this town. What What's there aside from this tavern and apparently an adventure theme park? Bernie, like, has <laughs> heard of this place. Disney World. It's mm-hmm. fucking Disney World. It sounds like. And she's like, is there going to be, like, an, a high season rate? Or is this, like, is there, like, economy adventure base? Yes and no. So the town ostensibly is a lumber town. They have some lumber mills and actually have a a fairly nice forest that they cultivate nearby. But with all of the adventuring groups and other interested parties that go to the Scarlet Citadel on a regular basis, most of the town, I hesitate to call it a tourist attraction, but... It's Bernie's going to raise an eyebrow and look at him. <laughs> Roll an insight check, Bernie. It's a 22. He's embarrassed. It's okay. <laughs> it's fucking Adventure it's, Disney World. <laughs> and specifically, Bernie, you pick up as he kind of fumbles over giving you information that it's not that he's trying to hide anything about the town. It seems like he knows a lot about the town and he's super embarrassed. And you, th- you think... Maybe he's been there. Bernie goes, you know, way underground in uh, the the caverns where most of the rock gnomes live. 
So there's several major sort of, I guess you would kind of call them provinces, but I don't know. But we're a weird people in case you haven't figured that out yet. I'm not the only one who's like this. And there is this one giant long tunnel that connects that connects one of the northern communities with one of the southern communities. And there's this little bitty blip in between. And it's really kind of a long walk between the two. I mean, his legs are small. And so everyone has to do this little crossing because there's this weird tax issue and all these things. And you can sort of go down to the southern one and you can buy um, fireworks there. You know, normally fireworks are illegal when you live underground. But hey, um, so basically... <laughs> Uh, the person that runs this little rest stop on the border has turned it into the biggest tourist attraction ever. And when I was a kid, I would beg and beg and beg and beg and beg and beg my parents to take me there. I spent all my time there. There were even some weird secondhand like mascot characters that looking back now, it's amazing I didn't get scabies. But all that is to say, you know, people like what they like. <laughs> Freddy is trying to comfort him with. <laughs> I'm, and, I'm gonna have him roll something real quick. Uh, Brittany, you bring a good point. Y- you know this this payment. Like, how are you going? Is this just like gold under the desk, or are you going to like fill out like wage reports? Like, my my accountant shadows is really particular about me doing my reporting, uh, and so I just need to know: Do I need to claim this, or is this all like hush hush? She looks at Carlton and she looks at Travancore and she goes, I don't think Shadow can do math. I don't think he should be. No, Shadows, thing. not Shadow. Oh. Yeah, it's she's the a tiefling. that he knows. And then oh. she she looks up at Travancore and she goes, do we have an accountant? No, Jerwick Claus is my the tax the, the Baxi lawyer I know. Shadows Shh. is the tiefling accountant. <laughs> Travancore whispers back, probably. I'm guessing I have people for that. Never really thought about it before. So there's there's two things that that Aras actually addresses in this moment as as Bernie has kind of incited that there might be more to Red Tower that he is not talking about and Carlton has talked has asked about whether the payment is under the table or not and so very quickly Aras looks at Carlton and says no no this is it will be half up front and half when you return with information or with Igaban this is all authorized by the watchful order of this is none of this is under the table you are Jonathan is an employee essentially in this case of ours and so this is this is all completely above board after he finishes that it's not a side eye to Bernie but it is definitely a a look in where he recognizes that you have caught on to something and he says when I was younger I went there with a group because I was I was unaware of what was going on and it sounded like the thing that you were supposed to do when you got into being hired out as a mercenary company. Wait, Aras is an Aarakocra, so this was like five months ago, right? <laughs> this was not that long ago. But yes, he is He is an older Aarakocra, but yes, he's he's only... Jonathan knows that he's only been an empl- a person who works at the Watchful Order for a couple of years and that he came from Chult before that and now you're finding out about a little bit of that time in between. And he'll continue and say, I didn't spend much time doing that. It was much the same as what I feel probably happened to Ichabon. I got convinced to do something that sounded fun and harmless and very quickly realized my mistake. But you should be wary of Red Tower. They are a community that does prey on those who are coming, sometimes out of 
ignorance, sometimes out of youthful exuberance. Uh, whatever the reason, they are there to help. And that help is usually to try to take advantage of people who are going to the Scarlet Citadel. So, Oh, this is a uh, Times Square type of situation. Yeah, this is... No, but never get, never take a picture with someone in character in Times no. Square. It ain't Disney folks. They're not paid to be there. Not everyone in Red Tower is unscrupulous, but at the very least, they will try to convince you to purchase things you do not need, to pay for information you do not want, or simply just follow you out of town and try to take it from you by force later because they know that you are outfitted but not necessarily ready. So I have zero doubts that anything that Red that Red Tower would throw at the four of you could be easily handled. The Scarlet Citadel, however, as much as Red Tower residents will hype it up as a fun way to get experience as a mercenary or as a dungeon diver... Do not be swayed by their their talk of how it is not as dangerous as it, as it sounds. Scar the Scarlet Citadel has claimed many lives and is worth taking seriously, even if the town nearby is not. And he kind of looks a little abashed at having to admit one of his more private secrets about going out on some adventures when he was, quote unquote, younger. Well, I guess. I mean, we have to do this, so... You don't have to do it. If you don't want to take the, the job, then you don't have to. Let me, um, have you heard the term house poor? Yes. Yes, it's like that, but stuff for us. Okay. We have no money. And with that, he pulls, <laughs> he kind of just nods understandingly and pulls out a bag that includes 250 gold for each of you and places it on the table and says, well, and I will once again say, this is... This is a job you are welcome to take or not. If you cannot, then I will I will find others who are interested in going. But you were the first I thought of because I trust you. And I know that you will do what is best for Ichabon. That we will do. All right, Aras does... Uh, it's a lumberjack town, huh? Yes. Is there a glee? I look at Bernie and there's there like a gleam in her eye. <laughs> yeah. Bernie's like, we have, um, when do we need to leave by? Do you, last portal out to this place is going when? Well, if you are going to take the job, then I will be happy to send you as quickly as possible. But if there's anything you need to do to prepare in any way or any last minute things you need to take care of, then at your disposal. I would like to roll for Bernie to snatch her 250 gold as fucking quickly as possible. <laughs> she's like we have a really quick shopping trip to make okay um but we'll be back in 45 minutes okay uh yeah you snatch forward and uh just when he puts the bag down and you open up the larger bag it's actually already split into four smaller bags and so it is very easy for you to just go yoink and grab a bag and you have a bag of and if each of you take it it is a bag of 250 gold I am pieces i'm so fucking adding this to my character right now where's treasure treasure all right and so each of you can add that and aras will because it's it's towards the 
you just got back from doing the uh from chatting with Thontorvrak. It is like mid-afternoon and Aras is if if you think that your prep time is only going to take a couple of hours, he is happy to wait at the the watchful order for all of you to return so that he can send you cuz he knows as you now know, he is familiar with the Scarlet Citadel and with the Red Tower and can send you there whenever you are ready. So if you've got any shopping you'd like to do, we can we can montage all of that. Is there anything, any shopping you want to do? Any pickups that you want to get? Is there anything you want to do in advance before you leave Waterdeep? Bruni would like to look at the crew and she says, look, if he... If we're trying to go sniffing around for people who are scamming people, I think I just not not from I had that I have any experience in scamming anyone but I'm just gonna say if you look like a cop no one's gonna approach you but if you look like a mark we could probably find the people who convinced him to go on an adventure Jonathan the Magimuscular is curious to know what Bernie thinks we should do to look like marks you know when you go to a concert and you can buy like a tunic with the band on it. Jonathan the Magimuscular has many, many tunics of musicians he likes, yes. Yeah, and they like embroider cool things. And, you know, there's always like one person who's wearing that tunic and maybe some, also some leggings. And maybe they bought... Why is uh, Bernie calling me out right now? <laughs> and, and maybe they also, if you looked real close, their shoes are branded. And they're like really excited to be there. But you also, the merch table is always looking at that person, knowing that all of their money will be theirs by the end of the night. And that's not a bad thing. But the t-shirt you buy at the concert is always at least five silver more than the t-shirt you could buy in a store, I think. And this is something that's probably not in the in the module, but in Bernie's head, part of the tourist attraction of this is like gritty lumberjack town. I mean, it's in the module now. Okay, <laughs> this is my tribute to you, Canadians, people from the Ottawa Gatineau region who know that the bureaucratic, boring city used to be the most dangerous town in British North America, uh, thanks to drunk lumberjacks. Uh, so in my head, because this is a lumberjack town, people who are very excited to go adventuring there will uh, kind of do like a, like a Dapper Dan Disney days, but will go dressed up as what they think a badass lumberjack looks like so that they can do their adventure. <laughs> so Bernie thinks we should go get flannel shirts and some lumberjack accoutrement <laughs> and show up looking. Uh, we should, I think we should make ourselves look uh, maybe not like we could kill everybody with the snap of our fingers and she's like pointing like kind of staring at jonathan and thinking about like the crown of stars <laughs> she's like she's like perhaps we don't advertise the meteor swarm or you know and she looks sorry she looks at carlton she goes i don't think we can do anything about the muscles um a lumberjack and that's okay <laughs> so jonathan the muscular as they're entering the the uh flannel shop i don't know uh, is sure. going to... Flynn's flannels. Flynn's flannels. Flynn's flannels. Here's what I'm going to say. Bef- I'm going to... Uh, there there will be whatever flannel you want. I'm going to say this right now. What I want for the beginning of the next episode is I'm going to want descriptions of what you have all decided okay. to wear. So between now and the okay. next episode, me- uh, you and your various animal 
companions and whatever else you want to do, uh, whatever flannel or or non-flannel but lumberjack accoutrement you would like to have found and be wearing when you show up in Red Tower, you can find because Waterdeep is the city of splendors, so why not? So that is your homework for next week is um, we're going to make Luke draw new art of your characters as lumberjacks. Deal? <laughs> Deal. Can yes. I? Yes. Bernie specifically would like Carlton um, to buy some shoe spikes because Julia would like Carlton to walk into a bar and recreate the myth of Big Joe after all. <laughs> okay. Oh, Carlton's already figured out his flannel. I'm going to image yeah. it to you. Well, don't send yeah. it. As I said, hold off on it until next time. We will. That is what we're going to open with. So we're going to pause it here. Hold on, let to- me tell you guys oh. who Big Joe Mafra was. That's, that's actually, no, that's the listener's homework, is to look <laughs> up Big Joe Mafra. And uh, he he is a uh, Quebecois folk hero. Of course. And at some point, I would like for Carlton to throw about 40 people off of a bridge into a raging river. <laughs> you know he would. Yeah? Yeah, I know. But that's what we'll open with next time. Next time you will be arriving at Red Tower. Uh, Aras will have teleported you there. And I will be asking you to describe yourselves in your lumberjack gear. And so if there's anything else you would have liked to have done, we'll, we'll also go over that before you arrive. So any last minute things you want to pick up, any anything else. But we're going to pause there. The next time we get together, lumberjacks... And looking for looking for a halfling who might have gotten themselves in trouble. But first, let me give you some experience. For I don't want to sleep in a crime scene. <laughs> for being paid in snacks. For a very interesting and enlightening com- conversation with Balana Zadok uh, and her dark, dark office. For all of that, I'm going to give you a total of 8,000 experience with easy math to split between the four of you. The next time we get together... Getting ready to leave in lumberjacks. I love that you thought we would actually get there today. You, you, you said you said they'll get to Red Tower. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com/dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.